for the Supreme Court. There's a whole lot to talk about. We'll do that right here and take your calls. It's time for The Line of Fire with your host, activist, author, international speaker, and theologian, Dr. Michael Brown. Your voice of moral, cultural, and spiritual revolution. Michael Brown is the director of the Coalition of Conscience and president of Fire School of Ministry. Get into The Line of Fire now by calling 866-34-TRUTH. That's 866-34-TRUTH. Here again is Dr. Michael Brown. Well, at long last, live here again on the line of fire, this is Michael Brown. I am absolutely delighted to be with you. Flew in from England last night. I want to share a few quick things with you about England. Uh, Wanted to give you an update from England yesterday, but as I was recording the broadcast before flying out, we had some recording issues, hence a repeat broadcast. I hope you enjoyed the special interviews that we prepared for you for last week. They're getting a lot of attention online, a lot of response. My interview with Pastor Andy Stanley about his controversial comments about being, quote, unhitched from the Old Testament. Did he clarify? I I feel he did. Others felt he didn't. But uh, we'll talk about that. Maybe not today. Maybe we'll save that for Thoroughly Jewish Thursday. My interview with Dr. Mark Stengler about outside-the-box cancer therapies. If you missed that, especially if, if you or a loved one are suffering with cancer, Really want to hear that. My interview with Rabbi Harry, Harry Rosenberg, getting a lot of online attention about the 10 lost tribes of Israel or those who identified as Jews in the past but don't now and their identity has been hidden. Uh, fascinating interview if you accept 10% of what he said, no percent, 90%, 100%. Fascinating interview. Plus, we we answered a bunch of your toughest Facebook questions last Friday. So I hope you enjoyed the programming. Here's the number to call, 866-348-7884, 866-34-TRUTH. Now, I've got a question for you. Overall, in your opinion, has President Trump done more harm as president or more good as president? 866-34-TRUTH. Overall. If you factored in everything, the good that he's done, the bad that he's done, and we we have differences on what some think is good and what some think is bad, overall, in terms of your own position, your own conviction, has he done more harm? Has he done more good? Last night, with much fanfare and appropriate for a former reality, well, still a reality TV star, He gives his announcement about his pick, 9 p.m. I mean, I was expecting something during the day when I initially heard July 9th he's going to make the announcement. I figured something during the day, you know, some kind of announcement like that and uh, get the information out. Well, he did it 9 o'clock in the evening, a major PR, and and nominated Frank Kavanaugh. Uh, We'll talk about that. We'll we'll weigh in on the pros and, and what some consider the cons or questions. I'm not a legal expert. I'm not pretending to be a legal expert. I'm not going to vie with the radio hosts who are legal experts or the legal experts and talking heads on TV. But I want to bring my perspective, which is why you're listening to The Line of Fire or viewing The Line of Fire. So we'll talk about that. And I I want to give you an important update from last week as of today regarding the slaughter of Christians in Nigeria. So shortly, we're going to talk about the president and his pick for Supreme Court. Again, you can weigh in. You can weigh in on that. You can weigh in on my larger question. Do you believe that the president has done more harm overall or more good overall? 
I, I tweeted earlier today, just remember that a major reason, or last night perhaps, uh, flying back in, I may have lost track of when it was, uh, the, the comment I made was, look, let's, let's just remember, this is a major reason many of us voted for Donald Trump, Supreme Court picks as well as federal court picks outside of the Supreme Court. And what would have happened if Hillary Clinton had been elected? What would the Supreme Court look like today? It's a, it's a chilling thought. It really is a chilling thought. This is not to demonize Hillary Clinton or picks of Barack Obama or picks that Hillary Clinton would have made. It's, it's just realism from the perspective of a conservative evangelical. The thoughts are absolutely chilling. And someone tweeted back somewhat angrily, at least the, the tone sounded angry, that none of this is any possible justification for voting for Donald Trump. And I responded, well, it concerns me that you don't seem to put adequate emphasis on the life of the unborn. Because that, to me, was the pivotal issue, and the Supreme Court vote for that, as well as religious liberty and some other important issues. We'll come to that. So last week, I wrote an article, another article, about the slaughter of Nigerian Christians. Maybe it's now told about five I've written in the last couple of years. And what alerted me to this was a friend of ours, a missionary serving in Nigeria, very close, I mean, very, very close to some of the violence, very close to Boko Haram, close enough to to have it come near their door, close enough to have lost people that she knows or friends of hers lost people that she knows, that close. And, and I mean, in, in neighborhoods nearby, in villages nearby. And she'd asked me, was there any report on this? You know, last year, little girls kidnapped by Boko Haram and then sent into mosques to kill other Muslims, suicide bombers, unknowing, unwitting suicide bombers, things like that. Has this been reported? No. So I'd write an article about it. And why aren't we paying attention to the slaughter of these Nigerians? And what, what's the matter? Is it their skin color? They're black? That doesn't get enough attention? These be white skin? I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm asking honest questions. Is it too far away? I mean, it's not as close as an airport in Europe where there's a terrorist attack or something like that. Is it just the media's not reporting it? What's, what's the reason? So, you know, I'm asking honest questions, writing articles about this. Then, you know, I try to dig in a little deeper, find out more, go to Nigerian websites, see what's being reported, other Christian websites. And a lot of things being written off. Well, it's just, no, it's political. It's just, you know, the, the Muslims, Christians having political issues. It's not really religious. It has to do with land disputes. Or, you know, the Christians stole some cattle from the Fulani herdsmen, and they don't take well to that because that's their, that's their entire livelihood. So they retaliate it, etc. Well, it's possible that here and there, there has been Christian retaliation against Muslims. In fact, I just read a case of some guys that retaliated against some Muslims and then went in and, and gave themselves up to police, said this is what we did. They acknowledged it, gave themselves up. Uh, I'm sure that's happened here and there. And maybe there has been livestock stolen, but if that's one out of 100 instances or one out of 1,000 instances, I mean, we're talking about if it even happens, the absolute, absolute tiny, tiny amount. The big thing, the big thing is that Christians are being slaughtered by the thousands. Babies are being hacked. I'm, I'm getting sent the pictures of these things, okay? I, I posted a video on Facebook that Facebook immediately took down because it was too graphic about people being burned to death. And, whether, and then some said, no, that was an older video, that was something else. This much I know, the charred bodies are being piled up in the backs of trucks, okay? And, and most of the ones being killed are children and women and elderly, slaughtered. People are afraid to sleep at night because that's when a lot of the attacks come. And the Fulani herdsmen who have been radicalized are shouting Allahu Akbar as they perpetrate their acts of violence and murder. So I've just been doing what I can to get word out 
and and to say keep shouting this out. Someone in Canada said I've written to Prime Minister Trudeau about this. Back in April, it turns out at a White House press conference with President Buhari, who himself is a Muslim and as I understand with Fulani background, that President Trump, in the presence of President Buhari, drew attention to the slaughter of Christians there and said something needs to be done about it. And then, yeah, Muslims being killed as well. Something needs to be done about that. He addressed it publicly and then commended President Buhari for fighting against Boko Haram and others. And some say he's really not fighting against terrorism effectively. He's, he's aiding and abetting it. So I've got eyewitness reports from reliable Christian leaders and colleagues on the ground. One of them emailed to me having read the article that I just printed, uh, oh, posted, I guess, yesterday. In fact, I wrote it while flying. And it was posted while I was still flying back from UK with Wi-Fi access online. And he over there read it and said, amazing write-up, absolute truth. And he said, how can anybody possibly deny this slaughter that's taking place and the reasons for it? So I want to thank each of you from the heart for doing your part too, sharing these articles with others, sending word to others. I, I sent latest articles to a Christian leader who has direct access to the White House. He said he's working on these things. He's addressing them. He's trying to dig deeper on them now. So we're doing what we can to put international pressure on President Buhari. That's the request, to put international pressure on him to do the right thing. All right? So what happened was I, I wake up Monday morning. I was going to be teaching all afternoon at a Messianic Jewish conference. And many of you know my lifestyle. I often go to sleep between 3 and 4 in the morning. So sometimes I get up at 7, 8 for a little while, and I may see some urgent emails or texts or res- respond to them or some critical news thing, and, and then I, I go back to sleep because I normally don't get started until mid-morning, all right? So uh, mid-morning, I get up, and I, I go to tweet something out, and I notice I'm locked out of Twitter. Locked out. And what happened was there had been a bunch of complaints. The moment I began to post these recent articles, people vociferously weighing, you don't know anything, you don't know anything about Nigeria, what in the world are you talking about? You're lying, you're inciting hatred, you're trying to incite the civil war and what's going on. I mean, it was, it was loud and angry and intense. And then other Christians posting pictures saying, look, these are my friends, these are my relatives, this is real, this is real, this is happening. And then others giving links to other websites with news reports and things like that. This is real, this is happening. So what happened was some people reported me for hateful conduct and, and Twitter locked me out for 12 hours. So I immediately wrote to them and said, what are you talking about? I'm, I'm calling on people to appeal to the president to stop bloodshed. How is this hateful conduct? How am I inciting violence? I'm trying to stop violence. I'm making this appeal. And I'm talking about specifically radical Muslims, some of whom kill other Muslims. I'm talking about all these things. I said, I'm a national radio host and a syndicated columnist. Please, you, you made a mistake here. So then I had to delete two tweets that they said were the offensive ones, which, of course, were totally non-offensive, just speaking truthfully and accurately, made screenshots of those, then went ahead and deleted them, let the 12-hour countdown begin. And then immediately when the 12-hour countdown ended, and, and I started to get word out on Facebook and other means, and I said, please, tweet. I can't tweet this. Tweet that my account has been shut out. Tweet that I've been locked out. So a lot, thank you. A lot of you did that. Thank you. Really, it made an impact. Trust me. So the first thing I did, because you know me, if I'm pushed back, we're, we're going we're to push back the right way. I don't mean I'm going to retaliate anger with anger, hatred with hatred, violence for violence. God forbid. But if, if someone tells us to shut up, we're going to speak more clearly, more loudly, more compassionately, more truthfully. In every way, we're not going to back down. 
So the first thing I posted was my article that Twitter shut me out because I'd already written that and sent that out. I posted that immediately. That's the first thing I posted and then began to post more and more, help get the word out. We can't stop. And, and these things have been spreading all over social media. And, and more and more people, whether it's just word getting out through these or just others, more and more conservative websites, Christian websites, more and more reporting these. And some have been for some time. Uh, one of the women at Charisma News, she's been burdened about this. She's been reporting on this for months and months. And Christianity Today has reported on it and others. And Gatestone Institute, for, uh, f- famous in uh, Britain, I believe, they've been reporting on it. In any case, 12 hours after that, Twitter wrote to me. So 24 hours after the initial problem, they wrote to me and said, we take reports of, of hate speech seriously, but in this case, we made an error. We apologize. So friends, we're going to keep spreading the word. It's the, it's the least we can do, is it not? All right, Supreme Court, and we come back. It's the Line of Fire with your host, Dr. Michael Brown. Get into the Line of Fire now by calling 866-34-TRUTH. Here again is Dr. Michael Brown. Now, I'm just looking at a tweet here from a gentleman named Lamar, where I'm responding to his comment about nothing justifies us voting for President Trump. And I said, it distresses me. And I, tr- I can't respond to everybody, but I tried to because I want to respect the fact that you took the time to read what I said in reply. It, it may be in some cases like Facebook, one of the hundred comments, uh, or YouTube, one of the thousand comments, but Twitter, which can be more one-on-one interactive, sometimes it can be one in 10 that I get to respond to. So it's, it's my desire to, when I respond, it's, I would like to respond to everyone to say, I appreciate you taking the time to write back uh, some people have zero followers and just or three. They just create an account to, to troll you or to attack you. But when I can respond, I, I do. And I said to Lamar, you know, it distresses me that you don't rightly esteem the life of the unborn. And he says, stop the nonsense. You're an intelligent man of God who has impacted the lives of many, including my own. You shouldn't cape for Supreme Court justices and other things you desire at the expense of our prophetic voice in the culture. Nonetheless, Jesus will do what he intends. And I'm just going to do this. We're going to have some live radio fun here. I'm typing to Lamar right now. Lamar, thanks for your very kind words. I'd love to hear more of your perspective, since we clearly disagree. Can you call my show now? 866-348-7884. How do you like that? We just did that together. Let me, let me proofread it. Lamar, thanks for very kind words. I'd love to hear more of your perspective since we clearly disagree. Can you call my show now? Let's see if Lamar will call. Come on, we just did that together on live radio. How cool is that? Okay. All right. So let me weigh in on the Supreme Court nomination of President Trump. I, I had a lot of data sent to me by the White House last night just because I'm in a group of religious leaders. I don't know how many hundreds or thousands of us that get certain information or background. If there's an immigration bill or they'll send us more information or and it's, it's detailed, it's massively helpful. So Judge Kavanaugh has been serving on the U.S. Court of Appeals for the D.C. Circuit, nominated by President George W. Bush. 
January 25th, 2006, confirmed on May 26th, 2006. So it gives his whole professional law history. He was law clerk for Justice Anthony Kennedy, has been widely reported, 93-94. He was associate counsel for President George Bush, 2001-2003, senior associate counsel, 2003, and then on and on. He's been Samuel Williston lecturer in law at the Harvard Law School, 2009 to the present. So why was Justice Kavanaugh picked? The general consensus is that he's a strong constitutional conservative, meaning you interpret law based on the constitutional principles that have been given to us, rather than say the Constitution and its principles can change in a living, breathing way over the centuries, so that what we might interpret it to mean today would be different than what the founders meant originally, but that's part of the ongoing interpretation of the Constitution. So he's, a, he's an originalist. He is a constitutional conservative with a tremendous background. He's written hundreds of opinions, a number of which have been used by the Supreme Court to say, we agree with this, we affirm this opinion. So in terms of a law background he, and, and a Supreme Court-related background, he's a standout. Not necessarily the only one like this in the country. There are many, 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 many outstanding justices, but he's certainly on a high part of that list. But the general consensus is that President Trump did not want any chance of losing a battle in the Senate over this. Let's say he picked Amy Coney Barrett. So she is the mother of seven children including two adopted children, if I'm correct, one from Haiti and a special needs child. She is part of a Catholic charismatic prayer group. And it seems that out of the four justices that were left at the end, Hardiman, Kavanaugh, Kethledge, and Barrett, that she was the one that if Roe v. Wade came up, if Roe v. Wade came up for a uh, a vote, in other words, some strong pro-life case makes it to the Supreme Court so that they have the right to evaluate the larger principle of Roe v. Wade, that in fact, she would have absolutely voted to overturn it. And that could have ensured it being overturned. Whereas Kavanaugh and the others, a strong possibility, strong probability, but not as much certainty. Now, some reports said that the one-on-one -on -one interview with President Trump and Amy Coney Barrett didn't go well. I wasn't there. I don't know. Uh, some say, and this is the consensus opinion, that because President Trump did not want a nominee that might be successfully challenged. In other words, what if all the Democrats vote against the nominee and a couple of Republicans, two, three Republicans side with them, then President Trump would have a massive loss. So mud on his face, so to say, before the midterm elections and further ammunition, uh, energy for the Democrats going into 2018. We're, we're just giving political analysis here and, and getting into more detail than we normally do because I'm, I'm normally looking at things from a, a kingdom perspective, an evangelical biblical perspective, and, and how do we understand these things relate to them. But I'm just looking at the larger political issues here for the moment, and they certainly intersect, of course. So the consensus view is that Justice Kavanaugh would be the most sure to be affirmed, that it would be very, or confirmed, it would be very, very difficult 
for the Democrats to get every single one of their people, including those in, coming up for re-election in states where Donald Trump won decisively, in some cases over 30 points, like West Virginia. So you've got someone there up for re-election. If he voted against Kavanaugh, it would be very difficult, theoretically, for him to get re-elected. If he voted against someone else, maybe it wouldn't have been as controversial. Uh, you want to get all the Republicans on board. There are a couple of Republicans who say, look, if this justice voted for, uh, uh, was going to vote to overturn Roe v. Wade, then, then we can't vote for them. If we were confident that that's what they would do, we can't vote for them. And because of that, because of that, then we have a loss there. So President Trump doesn't want that. According to the consensus opinion, he wants someone that he can definitely get through easily. And that Kavanaugh seems to be the best qualified, along with the one who will most likely, most likely get approved, get confirmed, hence being picked. Now, here's, here's what we seem to know about Justice Kavanaugh that's being widely reported. Um, one is that he not only is vastly experienced and has all the credentials necessary to be a Supreme Court justice, and what is he, 51, right? So potentially if he maintains health, could be on the, on the court for at least 30 years. Some of these others are well into their 80s. Justice Kennedy just retiring at 81. Justice Ginsburg, what is she in her mid-80s, all right? So he have years and years ahead, and all the potential appointees were, were relatively young. But he's eminently qualified from a purely legal viewpoint. And from rulings he has already made, there was a strong, strong, strong indication that he would stand for religious liberty. A very strong indication. And, and look, these are some of the big issues before us. Do you think an employer should be required to pay for contraceptives for employees for birth control, that people have a legal right to that somehow, or that should be part of their insurance package? Do you think a Catholic employer should be required to do that? Or do you think a Protestant employer should be required to provide drugs that, that serve as an abortifacient of some kind? Do you think that's right? Well, these are the kinds of things that the Supreme Court pushed back against with the Hobby Lobby ruling, standing with the, the Green family. They, they pushed back against this extremism, against this attack on our religious liberties, whereas the justices say appointed by President Obama went the other way on this, okay? Not surprisingly. So what we're looking at is a situation in which Justice Kavanaugh, would almost, in a guaranteed way, stand for religious liberties. Now, the big question is, what about abortion? What about abortion? Would Justice Kavanaugh make the right ruling? So there has been dispute. I'm just looking for one specific decision. And people are saying, yeah, we're just not sure where he'd land on that. And do I have it here? Uh, okay. Um back here. Let me just check in the notes. Okay, so just as I've read it, without the exact quote in front of me, there was one case where he ruled, did an immigrant here in America, an illegal immigrant waiting on status issues, did this person have the right 
to be released from custody to get an abortion, this woman? Did she have the right to release to be released from custody to get an abortion? And his ruling was she did not have a fundamental right to that. All right, not the exact wording, but that she did not have a fundamental right to that. Many are saying that is the clearest ruling he gave that would point in the right direction. Now, he values precedent, as every court justice does. So Roe v. Wade has been, quote, the law of the land since 1973. But there was no fundamental good reason for Roe v. Wade to start. In other words, it is precedent, but it is faulty precedent on legal grounds that can be challenged and overturned. We don't know. You never know how someone's going to go. You know, there are appointees by Ronald Reagan that ended up going in ways that Reagan would not have been pleased with. And you cannot ask directly, how would you vote on this? You're not allowed to vote, uh, ask directly. So the president meeting them one-on-one could not ask that direct question because then if it came up, they'd have to recuse themselves. So bottom line, Frank Kavanaugh seems to be an excellent choice. Definitely President Trump keeping his word. But there are broader issues to discuss. And either way, the Supreme Court needs prayer. We'll be right back. The Line of Fire with your host, Dr. Michael Brown. Get into the Line of Fire now by calling 866-34-TRUTH. Here again is Dr. Michael Brown. Welcome, welcome, friends, to the Line of Fire. This is Michael Brown, and I am thrilled to be back with you. Just looking at our call screen here, 866-348-7884 is the number to call. In your opinion, broadly speaking, Has President Trump done more harm or more good as president? Broadly speaking, has President Trump done more harm or more good? So what harm? Well, greater division in the nation, perhaps debasing the offices of the president, uh, vulgarizing a lot of the public conversation and, and even making the way we treat each other worse immigration-related decisions that may have hurt people. Go down a list with that. Then, of course, on the flip side, you look at Supreme Court appointees, nominees, Gorsuch, now Kavanaugh. You look at his many federal court appointees that that will change the shape of things for decades to come, most likely. You can look at his moving the embassy to Jerusalem and standing with Israel fighting against terror. You can look at him standing for religious liberties, Overall, in your opinion, regardless of who you voted for, do you think he's done more harm or more good? Now, if you just rather weigh in rather than call, then you can do so on Twitter where we're asking the question. There we can give four choices. So our four choices are more harm, more good, about even, can't say. And then on Facebook, so they asked Dr. Brown's Facebook page, you only can get two choices in a Facebook poll, more harm, more good. So you can weigh in there if you would rather not call. 866-34-TRUTH. Okay, a few major points about the Supreme Court nominee. Number one, number one, this is why many of us voted for Donald Trump. This is why many of us voted for him. Many of us had grave reservations. Look, I still have on our YouTube channel and on our website, my video of 
November 2015, why evangelicals should have a problem with Donald Trump. You say, well, you ended up voting for him. Why not take it down? Well, integrity, being honest. That was, that's part of the record. Those were my positions. I had many articles warning about him up till then. Now, some of my warnings have proven to be false. In other words, he has really been a better friend of evangelicals and has really stood up for religious liberties more than I thought he would. I'm very glad to be wrong about that. You say, well, if you had it to do over, would you warn again? Well, you, you kind of war- Look, you warn someone, don't go too fast around that turn, you'll crash. They go too fast around the turn, they don't crash. I'm glad I was wrong. But there was a reason for the caution. And I didn't know that he would really keep his promises about Supreme Court and federal court appointees. He's done that in an exceptional way. So I had warnings, concerns about those things. Other concerns I had have been realized. Would I vote for him again today? Yes. Would I vote for him today with even more confidence than I did a year and a half ago? Yes, I would, because of the positive things he's done. And the negative things, I wish they hadn't happened. I wish they don't happen, but that's part of the overall package. So in your view, has he done more harm or more good? Bottom line, let's wake up to reality. This is why many of us voted for the president. Supreme Court, that's simple. Now, let's say that he had not been elected. Let's say Hillary Clinton had won. All right, I'm not making her, her into a demon and him into a saint. They're both sinners in need of the, the good news of the gospel, in need of life transformation, forgiveness of sins through Jesus, and God knows ultimately their own relationship or lack thereof with him. But bottom line, if Hillary Clinton had been elected, then there would have been no reason to delay the Supreme Court pick, the vacancy that opened up, all right? President Obama wanted to to nominate Merrick Garland. We know where Garland would stand. On the far left, certainly to the left, on the far left of certain issues, very important to many of us who are Christian conservatives, Messianic Jews, evangelicals, all right? They would be of grave, grave concern to us. We would have great differences. So that's Garland instead of Gorsuch. That would have been reality. All right, because there would have been no reason to say no. We're, we're not gonna. We're not gonna let this happen. The Republicans. What, what does it matter? Let Obama pick. Let Hillary Clinton pick. Was it Obama? What does it matter? So that's that's one. Garland versus Gorsuch. Already there have been rulings where it would have been ma- massive. I mean big. I mean giant. I mean massive differences. That's number one. Number two, Justice Kennedy stepping down. Maybe he would have stepped down earlier, but he certainly would have stepped down by now. Okay. Some of his recent rulings have been ones we would consider more positive. But Hillary Clinton would have, would have appointed someone to take his place. We know her stands. We know her stands. We know her viewpoints. All right? So let's say she got to pick the next one. And then here's another question. Maybe Ruth Bader Ginsburg would have stepped down already or be more quick to step down knowing that she could get someone in her likeness appointed in her place. So that would be major. Uh, and, and if, in fact, she does step down during the time of the Trump presidency, she's no longer able to serve during the time of the Trump presidency, then that's another pick that he gets to make. He could potentially make three or four picks, all right? Now, we don't know the shape of the, the, the Congress, where it's going to go, and how things are going to get approved from here on. And, and yet, you want balance in the Supreme Court. You want balance based on truth. You want balance based on justice. You want balance based on a right reading of the Constitution. So just a reminder, this is why. Frank Kavanaugh, 
who, according to what we can see, seems to be an excellent, excellent candidate for the Supreme Court. Will he vote the right way if Roe v. Wade comes up? Hopefully. Hard to say these things for sure in advance. But certainly many, many conservative leaders, Christian legal organizations, different ones, are singing his praises. You never know what happens once someone's voted in, which is why we have to keep praying for the Supreme Court because of the immense power they carry in the culture. But that's, that's one thing. That's, that's just a reminder for all this. How could you vote for Donald Trump as this and Donald Trump as that? How could you vote for him? Well, this is a big reason. This is a very big reason. That's one. Two, I, I watch a little Fox News. I, I almost never watch TV news. I get, I get everything reading. I read the articles. I read the columns. I read the opinion pieces, etc. And then if there are video links, then I'll look at some of the relevant video links. But I just I don't watch TV news. 99.9% of the time, I don't. But as I mentioned before, our, our, our TVs in our house, for whatever reason, when they come on, they come on to CNN. I don't know how they got set up like that or why, but they come on to CNN. So the first few seconds, maybe I'm going to sit down and watch sports for a little while, or if Nancy's busy doing something, I'm sitting down to have my salad for dinner and think, I'm just going to not read for a little while. I'm just going to catch up on some TV. Then, then, CNN comes on first. So if I watch anything, it's a few seconds. It's almost always, no matter what's happening in the world around us, the first word Trump, it's Trump Russia, Trump Stormy Daniels, Trump this collusion, whatever, you know. Anyway, that's another subject. It's another subject. So we're getting ready for the confirmation, for the nomination announcement from President Trump last night. So Nancy's watching on CNN. I said, I'll put Fox on, all right? You know, dueling news. So I'm watching these reports where they're addressing the question, is, is, is Trump a puppet of the religious right? Trump is just doing the bidding of the religious right. Can I speak candidly? Can I speak candidly? Donald Trump is nobody's puppet. If, if, he, was, if he was a puppet of the religious right, there are a whole lot of things we'd ask him not to do, not to say, not to be. But that's, that's not the reality. He's his own man. Like it or not, he's his own man. The one meeting I had that I was invited to at the White House with other, actually Southern Baptist leaders primarily, we were, we were invited there. So I'm, I'm not in the Faith Advisory Council. I'm not a White House insider. This is my first and only meeting ever at, at the White House. Uh, and and we, we met with Donald Trump's son-in-law. We met with some other leaders working within the administration and then an evangelical liaison. But I asked the question. I said, look. A lot of what the president tweets out, a lot of things he says, it makes, it makes it difficult for us to support him because we have to say, well, we repudiate this, or we don't agree with this, or we think this is ugly, or we think this is divisive and harmful, etc. And the response I got with a smile was, don't expect a 70-year-old man to change. Look, we keep praying for him. If he really knows the Lord, anything's possible. People do change. But the man is not anybody's puppet. And I'm close friends with some people on the Evangelical Advisory Council. And they do give input, and he does respect them, and he does honor them. And somehow, as, as his viewpoints change on certain things, he was really drawn to some of these people, and they have something that he appreciates. And he's got a number of such people, conservative evangelicals, on his cabinet, and of course, Vice President Pence. But I can guarantee you that these folks would like to speak into policy even more and speak into his life even more but there are enough walls around him, the structure of the White House being what it is, that he is 
anything, anything but the puppet of the religious right. Nonetheless, it's, it's an interesting union, one you never would have picked. A man like Donald Trump making these righteous decisions. 866-34-TRUTH. All right, let's go to the phones. Cassie in Texas. All right, President Trump, has he done more harm, more good? Are we better off with him or without him? Uh, are you talking to me? Yeah, if you are Cassie in Texas, I'm talking to you. <laughs> I'm sorry, I was switching you over. I didn't hear the name. Uh, hi, Dr. Brown. I appreciate your program. Yes, I think it is better. And I'll say that in looking at the whole big picture since he's been in the seat. Number one, I believe he's in the president's seat because that's where God, that's that was God's will. God's mm-hmm. sitting there. He allowed him to be there. And I was telling the screener, I, at first when I found out he was running, I was like, you are kidding me. And when it came down to the two, we to me, there was no option. And then by then, I had seen a strength in him as he spoke. It was He was a fighter. He was a fighter to the death. Mm-hmm. And I know that may sound, you know, not real... Godly, Christian, but, <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. yeah, godly. Just it depends. It depends what you're fighting for and how you're fighting, right? That's I mean, true. We we, but, we fight the good fight of faith. There, you know, there are quote fights that we fight. But anyway, you saw right. that he was a, that he was not yes, going to back down. Yes. Yeah. But just seeing that he was that type of a man and the state that our country was in at the time, we needed that. We needed a man, a real man, to step up there who wasn't afraid and who was going to call it like it was and wasn't afraid to do that. And the more he did that, the more people like us, even Christians, got behind him. Got it. Because we we knew we needed that. We needed that All right. Needed someone to stand, take a fight, even if the fighting might be a little ugly at times. That's Cassie's view. What's yours? We'll be right back. It's The Line of Fire with your host, activist, author, international speaker, and theologian, Dr. Michael Brown. Your voice of moral, cultural, and spiritual revolution. Get into The Line of Fire now by calling 866-34-TRUTH. Here again is Dr. Michael Brown. President Trump, more harm, more good. What has he done? JK on Twitter. Emotionally more harm. He likes attention, so he ignores tact, especially online. People are feeling extremely harmed emotionally. Politically, not sure. Things are getting done, which frankly is a lot to expect from politics to me. So there's that, I suppose. Benjamin, two SCOTUS picks, exposed mainstream media and partially rogue DOJ, FBI, CIA, economy and jobs up, tax cuts. Yeah. Just looking at a few of the comments here. Hey, hey, tell you what, let's let's do this. I'm looking at my YouTube monitor here, everyone watching on YouTube. Right, here's the deal. If you think President Trump has done more good on YouTube, right, I want you to give me a thumbs up. I want you to post a thumbs up or something like that. You can get creative with your thumbs up. If you think he's done more harm, then post a thumbs down. Just for your info, this is not meant as scientific. This is simply getting feedback from my Twitter followers and Facebook followers. On Twitter, the polling thus far, more harm, more good, about even can't say more harm, 10%, more good, 72%, 9% about even, 
9% can't say. Facebook, where we only have two choices, was overwhelmingly more good versus more harm. Let's take a look here as the first few hundred votes came in since I just posted this a few minutes ago. 94% more good, 6% more harm. We'll get to your calls in a moment. 866-34-TRUTH. All right. President Justice, President Justice, President Trump. Yeah, President Justice, that would be awesome. President Trump nominating Frank Kavanaugh last night. This is the major reason many of us voted for him, Supreme Court picks. Thus far, he is not disappointed, although only God knows how these justices will vote in certain critical judgments that will doubtless come before them in the years ahead. Number two, and I wrote about this in my latest article. You can read on the stream and elsewhere my musings on President, the President, the Religious Right, Democrats, and the Supreme Court. So over on the stream, the first point, this is the main reason many of us voted for Donald Trump. Second point, President Trump is not the puppet of the religious right. Third point, President Obama nominated two far-left justices to the Supreme Court. What's so terrible about President Trump nominating two solid conservatives to the court. Did you have the same media stare? Look, comedian Dennis Miller tweeted two days ago, just to keep things in perspective or not, Trump could nominate either Amy Coney Barrett or Vladimir Putin tomorrow, and the headlines would be exactly the same. Look, as I was watching Fox News for a few minutes leading up to the announcement, they played clips I don't know if this was hours before or days before, but before the nomination announcement was made and college students were being asked, what do you think about the president's nomination? They're saying, oh, he's racist. Persons, he's racist. How can you appoint a racist? And they should be wearing white robes, you know, Ku Klux Klan instead of black robes. He hasn't made the nomination yet. And, and even of the four top candidates, how were any of them racist? Where, <clears throat> where was there a shred, a shred of evidence that any of the four potential nominees, Kavanaugh, Kethledge, Barrett, and Hardiman, where was there a hint that any of them were racist in any way, shape, size, or form? Now, let's think of the appointees of President Obama. Justice Kagan, Elena Kagan, and Justice Sotomayor, Sonia Sotomayor. Justice Kagan was so far left that in 2014, she performed the same-sex, quote, wedding ceremony. She, she performed that ceremony for friends. This was a year before the Supreme Court ruled on this. Now, some say she should have recused herself because she had already performed a ceremony. That's saying something, isn't it? Other of her views were, a lot of things were not as clear, but I was reading major warnings, major warnings from conservatives before she was elected or nominated, she has done exactly what we feared she would do. I'm not castigating her as a human being or saying she's entirely evil. I'm saying as far as things precious to us as conservative believers, she's voted on the opposite side consistently. And when was this? 2010. CBS News ran this headline, Exclusive Documents Show Kagan's Liberal Opinion on Social Issues. Justice Sotomayor, check this out, in a decision related to Hobby Lobby, she claimed that it compromised, quote, hundreds of Wheaton University's employees and students of their legal entitlement to contraceptive coverage. 
Again, I'm not saying that this makes her a fundamentally evil woman in every way. I'm simply saying that this is something for us who are pro-lifers and for Catholics who oppose contraception in general, especially that the employer has to pay for the employee to have contraceptive coverage. Well, these are outrageous rulings. So, uh, look, were there protests in the street? Were people going crazy? Was there the same hysteria? Yeah, there was definitely resistance from the right to these these appointees, but they got in. They got in. They were nominated. They got appointed. So now President Trump is having to. Hopefully he'll have more choices. But he's having to. President Obama got to. Now President Trump's having to. Why, why the uproar is if sky's falling? I can tell you why, because Roe v. Wade is threatened. And that is the fundamental issue. Roe v. Wade is being threatened. And mark my words, friends, as this moves forward, you will not just have verbal violence, you'll have physical violence. And it doesn't take anybody, you don't even have to have any prophetic insight to say this. Roe v. Wade gets overturned, you will have violence in the streets. There's no question about that. All right, I want to grab one more call, but update from UK, just being there in meetings for a few days, only in one part of the country, hardly representative as a whole. But Everything we understand about the situation there is dire. That, uh, on the one hand, dire. The overall population, over half the people don't even claim to have any religious affiliation. Church buildings are closing left and right, it is true. And aside from, say, uh, many of the black churches, especially Nigerian churches in, in England and places like that, the church growth is, is going south, it's going the opposite direction. It's bad and getting worse and Muslim population continues to rise, etc. That's all true. And, of course, you still have the effects of the new atheism, That all that's happening. There are believers, many believers, hungry for God, thirsty for God, praying for revival, seeking the face of God, but, but UK must have an awakening. England, Great Britain, there must be a radical awakening. Otherwise, there's real trouble in the days ahead spiritually. 866 Three, four, truth. Let me grab one more call. We'll go to Clay near Raleigh. Thanks for calling the line of fire. Hey, br- brother Mike. God bless you, man, and happy Independence Day to you. A few days later from last week, I would just like to lay out a foundation for people. You know, um, if y'all listened, if anybody listened to the segment from like twelve to twelve thirty, brother Jay brought out a, a very important part on. What now we have a new Supreme Court justice talked about his faith. And that's what this country is built on. It's a foundational faith that we have. So, you know, I don't know why people are, are getting upset or anything like that. Here's something else that I've also heard um, that, you know, suppose Ginsburg, I mean, uh, Bader, yeah, Miss Ruth Bader. Ginsburg. Yes, suppose she steps down. Don't think that President Trump, who is a Christian, whether people want to doubt that or not, um, puts Miss Amy in there. Then there's a reason more for us to be all excited and giving yeah. thanks to the Lord for this. This is a foundation of faith that has been laid out, not in a negative way, but in a positive way. This man has done quite a bit for us. And I'm just want to say from the bottom of my heart, I am so thankful that this is happening. I'm not a big political person, but there's a reason, and God has created it for, for this to happen. So right, anyway, hey, thanks for yeah. taking my call. Yeah, thanks for weighing in. Yeah, and thanks for the belated 
Happy Independence Day is July 4th, ironically flying to England with uh, our oldest granddaughter and her cousin. Yeah, on July 4th, flying over to England, the nation against we uh, against whom we rebelled to get our independence. Hey, thank you, Clay, for the call. Yeah, look, if Justice Ginsburg retires or passes away, I mean, I don't think she's in terribly failing health right now. We 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 wish her grace and health, but if she if she passes away or if she has to step down or chooses to step down, right? So would then. President Trump said, okay, hey, let me, let me get another woman in to replace her, and, and let's give it a try now for Amy Coney Barrett. And the view is, for many, that aside from reports that the personal interview didn't go well, that she would be more vulnerable. She would be the most definite one that would vote favorably should Roe v. Wade come up to be possibly overturned by a related case. But that because of her conservative Catholic beliefs and that she has written enough on these religious issues that she'd come under attack. But remember, Remember, she she was attacked by by Senator Dianne Feinstein for her faith, for her faith that you know dogma lives big in you and others challenge you. In other words, how can we have a Christian, an openly Christian person whose Christian views influence them? And her answers were great answers, and she did get confirmed for for federal court seat, which is very important. If that's as far as it goes, it's very important. But yes, there is a lot more to unfold in the days ahead, and, and look. I really don't care about politics. You have no idea how little I care about politics. The reason I'm looking at, okay, how many people are we going to have, Republicans versus Democrats, is for votes on things like this. Votes on, on court appointees or, or votes on, on bills that really have righteous issues. And the Republicans are not always right and the Democrats are not always wrong. Sometimes there's right on both sides. Sometimes there's wrong on both sides. In fact, in most cases, there's right and wrong all across. But there are issues that to us are life and death issues, hills that we die on. Pro-life, Supreme Court appointees, these are, these are up on the list as we stand for our nation. All right, friends, back with you tomorrow.